This is an FOU Studios podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Geek XP. It's time to level up with some GXP. I'm your show host, Peter the Geek. With me today, I have hashtag Kill Josh, star of stage and speaker, and Bill Murray. That's my name. That's what we call her. Uh, I'm really excited about our guest today. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, he was a tank commander. He has training in human resources. He has NCO. He was an infantryman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome retired Staff Sergeant Nathan Bozeal. Welcome right. to the show, Nathan. Ooh, welcome, Thank you welcome. for coming on. Of course, of course. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Nathan. Uh, well, like you said, I was in the Army for uh, most of my adult life. I uh, started out on tanks and then uh, also transitioned into some transportation, infantry, human resources, did a few different things over the course of 17 years before I medically retired a couple of years ago. Um, huge, lifelong geek. Uh, specifically started playing on D&D with, with uh, about five or six years old after the cartoon came out. My brother got an eighth D&D second ed book edition yeah. book and I started playing there um got into things like BattleTech and Magic the Gathering growing up in the in the 90s when geek was really picking up um still love of course Star Wars Star Wars was huge as a kid um mm-hmm. and you know just all kinds of geeks st- I, I love I love geek stuff comics movies awesome. Pokemon everything and now I got kids and I'm yeah, uh getting to pass that on and get introduced to the new stuff as well hell yeah <laughs> baby geeks pass it along Yay. Boy, D and D by five or six—that is starting young, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Kai is Kai is what nine? He's eleven. He's eleven. Sorry. He's eleven. He was nine when you met him, I think. Maybe that's probably what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's eleven, and he's going to be running his first uh, at D and D campaign on Tuesday. That's friggin' awesome. Wow, yeah, and so I just cool. got him as a, a Valentine's Day gift, more or less, his first uh, the fifth ed player's handbook. So he has his first official. <laughs> gaming book that is his own that he can run with. That's so cool. Yay, that's so cool. Um, Well, you know, this is actually a pretty good segue at this point because I think it's just about time to geek out! That's right. So, Nathan, what are we geeking out about today? Uh, Star Wars, specifically the Grand Army of the Republic, more specifically clone troopers. Uh, And my favorite aspect of them were the Republic Commando novels by Karen Travis. Oh, okay. You see, it's they're they're no longer canonical, which kind of sucks. I started right. I started reading one of them, Hard Contact, and uh, they're good. It's kind of weird because they're they're not canonical anymore. So like you're you're reading about things and you're like, well, that's that's not what happened anymore. But they're they're really good reads. Why do you like them so much, Nathan? Um. Uh, so K- Karen Travis is uh, a, a sci-fi author, obviously, and she's done some things besides Star Wars. Uh, if you read her her biography a little bit she was in the british royal navy so she has a background in military life and she did such a great job of capturing um the camaraderie and everything uh lifestyle of of military personnel um the the when when i started reading it right away i immediately felt like this whoever's writing this gets it they get military life they get the brotherhood 
Uh, she did such an amazing job of um, not only capturing that, but making each clone in the book, even some of the um, even some of the basic uh, quote unquote regular clones, the the whites I think they call the the commandos and right. arc troopers call them. Um, individuals which comes across really well in the novel form they all have unique names and their their um their indoctrination to mandalorian heritage through uh their training ncos that Django brings in yeah um she does such an amazing job with all that it's it's such a gritty realistic look at warfare in the star wars universe that uh you don't get anywhere else with the movies or even the show as well i don't think Right. Well, I mean, the 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 show it's it, it's a kids show, so like it, it almost mm-hmm. it it almost hurts that they can't go as dark as they can. Um, you right. know, it, it's I didn't realize I hadn't gotten to that point actually. I guess uh, that the, the novel they call them whites because in the show they made it shinies because your armor's shiny still; it's not been yeah. stuffed up. Or I thought that was just yeah. the general name for a rookie. Well, uh, it, that, that, yeah, it's shinies are the general name for a rookie now. Right, right, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, but they, uh, some of the commanders had specific like uh, colored patterns on their helmets and things right. like that. Is, is that what the whites uh, was referring to? They just have like your standard issue white clone armor. Uh, that and um, because the the novels, if you haven't read them, focus not uh, uh, primarily on the the nulls, the ARC art troopers, and yeah. uh, just the Republic commandos in general, which are have higher training, more advanced training than the regular whites or shinies as they call them and they also often have black armor or the uh commas the samurai looking like stuff on their armors oh, yeah. Uh, oh, so yeah. yeah whites and shiny kind of just refers to basic guitar and issue armor got it okay this well, is good this is filling me in i have no idea what these books are and I'm, <laughs> I'm i'm now very intrigued oh they're they're really good books and it's 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 an interesting uh, it's interesting that this is that it's almost like it's going not going against the tv show but like the TV show brings in different elements that obviously the uh, the books did not because the, the TV right. show is a little bit more pol like more polished around soft edges, even though you know it's still like so many episodes center around the clones. But the books go there. The, the, appara- the books yeah. get serious. Is the, what I'm hearing. Oh, they do. It's um, it's it's fascinating. I, again, I've only just started reading one, but yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a series of episodes in uh, the Clone Wars TV show called Darkness on Umbara. Um, do you remember that one? I do indeed. That's a, that's a very that's a very um, distinct one in my memory. Not only because of uh, the Jedi General that goes evil and starts slaying clone troopers, but um, some of the, uh, the the military the as a, a military background, it, it was a time it was one of the more difficult to watch episodes. Uh, just from the uh, the tactics and stuff, and such, they used the way they did the way they did things. Um, yeah, please, please, uh, please go, please go into depth on that. I would love to yeah, hear, love to hear about out. that. We yeah. Know. Well, um, well, first they um, when they when they drop in the planet and they drop in within range mm-hmm. of the enemy's artillery is just a terrible idea to start off with. Generally, what you would do with a drop because um, Airdrops are imperfect. You don't necessarily land right on where you're supposed to. And uh, if you're looking at real-world airborne units parachuting in, they can be scattered. For instance, uh, the D-Day invasion, Normandy, right. that happened a lot. We had troops scattered all across Europe. There were ones, twos, fours, and fives groups of guys that were that were by, themse- or by themselves and had to figure out, you know, regroup and try to find their way to friendly forces. Um, so you would drop outside the range of the enemy's artillery form up 
so you make sure you're in a formation and you're ready to go because you don't want to be doing anything under fire except fighting back uh, and then assess the situation on the ground verify the military intelligence because military intelligence is an, an acronym it's not it's not intelligent it's very rare that it's accurate <laughs> any degree to be honest it's worse than the weather as we film up it's worse know, than the weather that's, that's a great metaphor there <laughs> weather reports i mean it's worse than what it's less accurate than weather reports um and you'd send out they would have sent they should have sent out scouts to scout out the uh the scout um so, so really quickly, I do want to try to make sure that we know what actually happens before we get right. too in-depth of what should have happened. The, in the episode, it, yeah, it's it's a drop scenario. They're talking about how they have, they have to take this hill. So it's D-Day. It's, it, it, yeah, it's it's very, okay. very similar to D-Day. And so, you know, they have the, uh, the low-altitude uh, transport vehicles, and they're flying in. And the first thing they do is drop off a bunch of those little R, uh, RT walkers. And yeah. they, they run things. There's explosions happening all around them. They take out these big cannons, and all the other troops run up, running, 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 all this gun fire and they finally end up taking the taking the hill i think they had to do it i think they had to do a bombing run on it too like it's it was they very were, ex- exciting to watch they were on felucia right or they no were no on, umbara, this umbara? Is, oh, we're talking okay. about yeah it was for the tv show uh darkness on umbara it's okay. a four episode series with uh general pong krell and his, it's a really really cool arc it's probably my favorite episode series of the show like it's fascinating but uh, when you watch it, yeah, Nathan's pointing out a lot of good things. They, they did not use a really good tactics, no tactics for it. So, yeah. And that was part of the point of the episode as well, was that the clones kept saying, actually, we've got training telling us to do it this way, and the general kept saying, no, you're going to follow my orders. Except the, this initial airdrop was supposed to, like, this was the big plan. This was, it, it was Anakin's troops, and Obi-Wan's been coordinating, and they're like, this is the plan. We're going to do this. And that's what I described, just dropping, running, everything, all these explosions. Like, they were within range. They were getting shot down immediately because there were already anti-air things coming up at them. And, like, it, it, it was a very messy, very destructive battle. So right. you're saying that they, they, they should have landed a lot farther away. Right, and and honestly, if if you if you want to talk about um, because the books and they right off the bat at the beginning of the first book that you're reading, the Battle of Geonosis, yeah, you see how a lot of the commando, some of the a lot, they lose a lot of commandos up front because they the commandos are not utilized properly. Commandos aren't infantry; they're not shock troops. They don't they're not main in the main battle kind of uses. They do other things like espionage and uh, demolitions and asset denial. So. Assuming there was any time to prep the battlefield um, for Umbara, what they should have done is dropped a commando squad or two in a day or a week or so out and had them sneak in, plant charges on the anti-aircraft, blow the anti-aircraft, and then as you're preparing, as the, as your bombers are coming in, before, right before they hit um, range of the anti-aircraft, the commandos blow the anti-armor emplacement, then your aircraft can bomb the target into rubble and then you drop while you're dropping your infantry and your armor whatever else you have to land you that's outside of range of the artillery so then your aircraft has destroyed the artillery and then you can move in uh safer so it's a lot of people think of just uh, combat situations you know like it, it's, it's not just i'm shooting this guy there's a lot of um it's more chess like or go if you want to talk yeah. uh, some do it's not as um it's not as direct as, as a lot of people think, battlefield planning, the idea you want to match strategy-wise your unit, you know, like you want a commando against anti-aircraft, and you want an aircraft against artillery, 
You don't want uh, people to die, essentially. You want to win. You do not want your, you do lose right. your comrades. Right. It's so, it, it, it's yeah. so interesting because the, the, the battle tactic you just described in my opinion, would have made an even more interesting episode. Real quick, did they, out of, I didn't see the episode, yeah, do yeah, they yeah. lose said battle? They end up winning. They end up winning. Yeah. Okay, I was just, I was it's, curious to see where it went with this whole, like, I mean, just throw them in there. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's a four-episode arc, and the, I mean, it's the good guys. The good guys prevail. It's, it's, a, it's a kid's yeah. TV. I, I, it is still Star Wars. It is yeah. still Star Wars. It's still a kid's show. I'd say they win the and, and the way they win every battle in the, this the cartoon is by a lot of a lot of stormtroopers dying needlessly. Is mm-hmm. how they win every Poor battle. Stormtroopers, man. That, I mean, it's it, it's it, that's a really good point. There's a like when you watch the TV show, a lot of clones die. Like, granted, there are, there are there are moments that shit goes wrong, and yeah, people are gonna die when shit goes wrong. Yeah. But the, yeah. it's this battle sticks out to me is such like a prominent is a prominent one because yeah, it's 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 fun to watch. But clearly, the battle tactics were poor. Again, what you just described would have been so interesting. Right? Are you wanna, kidding? We don't want to lose these stormtroopers. Even though they're clones, they do have different thoughts and things going on. They're people, well, too. They man. are. And they're like, people, too. This, th- that, those four episodes do a better job than anything else of like personifying clones, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the one that has um, a, a guy named Hard Case who's all about big guns. I mean, Rex and um, Fives are both in it because ARC Troopers work alone. There's Tup. There, like, all these um, Dogma who's, like, all about... The, like, there's so many, like, interesting they have, they characters. They actually have names. They actually have names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's very cool. And Echo dies in that... I mean, spoiler, I guess, but... Echo oh. dies in it, but, like, it's spoiler. a... It's a it's a moment that you... It's a... It's an, uh, I, I guess I'm geeking out a little bit about story now. Like yeah. people, people complained in the Last Jedi that Admiral Akbar died, and they didn't do anything. It was just he died. But that's how it happens sometimes. It's can't well, focus on it. Yeah, he's you dead. We have to going. move on. And Echo died that way. It was uh, Echo, no. And then they had to move on because the battle was still raging. Yep. Yeah, like not everybody gets a Dobby moment. We can't just sit there and sob I over know. Dobby. Yeah. We gotta move on. Yeah. Something else I liked in that episode was the, the part where um two of the I think two of the clone troopers steal Umbaran, those Umbaran flying bubble Yeah, things. yeah, they fire the fighter. And um, how ridiculous kind of a scene is. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. I can just say yeah. <laughs> 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 a mission where another buddy and I had been sent, especially to steal some kind of enemy aircraft, like it would have to be probably a helicopter or something. Yeah, it would be, it would be that stooge-like. Uh, of <laughs> of happening, and it would be hilarious and uh, dangerous all at the same time. And that's that's a very common thing, um, and you see that a lot in the novels too. There's a lot of humor. Uh, okay. so have you met Fee yet, Peter? No, I haven't met Fee yet. Okay, Fee is, a, is one of the main guys, and he's probably my favorite uh, commando in the series. And he and I have a lot of parallels. Okay. In our life, um, he's the uh, he's the funny guy. He's also all hua, as we call it. If you go, you don't want to have, you never go full hua as a joke in the army, which means you're like way too all into being a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. okay. Think, you're I know one of those way guys. too into it. Way, you know, kind of a thing. So he, he is full hua. He's the funny guy, uh, but he's also really grim in his own head and everything. Um, and he, spoiler, gets injured, massive uh, head injury from an explosion. I know. And he almost gets, um, they almost, they, he, is going to be put down in a Republic hospital because he's a unit, not a person, and he couldn't survive on life support. So um, that's weird. That's heavy, right? It's heavy, and and then his his training NCO Cal Scarada, who's one of the Mandalorians, Django brings in. 
um, they rescue him and they take him back to Mandalore. And he starts getting, they start healing him with um, one of their Jedi's, uh, Jusik, I want to say. Okay. Who, who goes native with the Mandalorians eventually. But he starts healing him, and then there's this female Mandalorian that Cal's friends with who comes, and she falls in love with him, and she's, like, fixing him and teaching him to walk properly and talk and stuff like that. Yeah. And you know, uh, not to give the details, but I had a pretty serious head injury, and it's affected uh, a little bit of my motor skills, mostly my speech and memory a bit. Um, and, you know, after, after I got injured um a few years after that when i met my current wife and she like i wouldn't get by without her we joked that her plan is she's made me dependent on her so i can't leave oh. and it's accurate but i think oh. it's malicious oh. it out. so i really like that character fee in the books because it's again it's another thing that's very true to life you get a lot of these archetype characters in the real military you know, you have those those types of guys. You have the, the shammer guy. You have the lifer. You have the dude in it for college. You've got the um, you've got the play the player guys. You know, you've got the the crazy power lifting guys that work out all the time and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So you have a lot of these different personalities that you see repeatedly, different types, and you see that in the and you see the a lot of these types represented in in the clone books uh, with by Karen Travis. They're just really really well done. Like you can tell she spent some serious time in the military, you know, what she's talking about in that regard. I mean, I feel like if you're going to write about commandos and troopers and stuff yeah. like that, it, it's almost a prerequisite that you... Was she Was she well, actually I mean, in the military? Yeah, yeah he was saying, yeah, she was... Oh, the British military, you said? British Royal Navy. British Royal Navy. So, yeah, I or, mean... So she's got a, a good background. I mean, I mean, yeah, and, and te- technically when you look at the all of the space-bound stuff that happens, it, it's technically the Navy. Like, it's the Space Navy. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're the Space oh, Navy. I yeah. never thought yeah. about it that way, actually. That's kind of cool to think about. Space Navy. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's why yeah. there are so many, like, mooring and ship terms based around spaceships. Oh, yeah. This is like, a, this is a blow my mind moment. Just having, <laughs> no, having, totally, a, having totally, a thought totally. back on all the space things mm. I watch. I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. It's ocean. It's ocean. Black ocean with stars. Oh, cool. yeah. Yep. And, it, yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's like an awesome fusion of, like, big battleships with submarines because if something goes wrong in a submarine, it's water. If something goes wrong in space, mm. there's it's, a vacuum. It's a vacuum, so, yeah. yeah. Destroy, destroyer. There's destroyer on in wet with typical wet navies. You know, there's destroyers, cruisers, uh, battleship carriers, and then in the you know star destroyer. Yeah, uh, there are crew like the um. They got frigates. They got, yeah, the yeah, they are frigates. They mm-hmm. got it all. Yeah. <laughs> How have I not figured this out uh, before? <laughs> Calamaran cru- the Calamaran cruisers. They yeah. make all the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. ship builds. Yeah, it's definitely they, they they use um when you read some sci-fi series if they have. You know, terrain. Uh, if they have stuff on planets as well as space, they'll talk about wet navy and navy. Usually, they'll refer to it in the wet navy. Hmm. You know, actual ships in the water. <laughs> you'll see that with uh, you'll see that later on in the series a little bit, Peter, when you read yeah. that book. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I, I do want to finish them. I'm I have to. I've been bouncing in between non-canonical and canonical books because I, I have to. I have to make sure I'm catching up on the real stuff. Yeah, but there's such an right. ocean of non-canonical books now. It's such an ocean. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is tough. So many ocean metaphors. Um, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of water we're talking about right now. Water. Yeah, yeah. My brain was primed to give that a little analogy. Yep. <laughs> All right. So um, g- keep going on about clones. Um, uh, you know. Um, yeah. Is, I was gonna say, what, oh, go ahead. No, go for it. No, no. I, yeah. I was going to say, what, what is the, what uh, is your interest mainly in the like, kind of the, the tactics that they use in these storylines? Or was there a. You, you just find the idea of that kind of clone army coming in at the end as like a, 
a, a trump card played in Attack of the Clones. Um, is it that the storyline of the origin of the clones that gets you uh, kind of excited about it as well? To me, it's how relatable it is to me from my experience and um, the fact that you see so so often um, with different uh, universes or, or licenses or whatever, or whatever you want to call it, they'll try to get into the, the, the workings of a military and it's so off. Mm. You know, they, they, things are so wrong. And the accuracy of how things work, the, I weep for the lack of canon for the Republic Commando series oh. because they get into things that work so well with with the whole storyline of the movies. Because, you know, we all know, spoiler, Darth Sidious planned it all, right? Yeah. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, the movies. Um but when you look at how everything works out and they really get behind the scenes of the war aspect in the series, the fact that um, the Jedis have no military training at all, and then they're just given an army, and they're like, here, your generals, run it. And they do a <laughs> terrible job. And yes. despite the fact that the war drags on for years, I forget exactly how long. Peter, I, you, you know I, this. I mean, I think it's, I, I don't know off the top Pop of my quiz, head anymore. I, I, it's got to, I mean, it's at least five. Because if it's not right. five, it's ten. Yeah, I thought but it I, was ten years. Yeah, it's. I, that's why I was hemming and hawing, because I, I don't remember how much time it takes place in between episodes <clears throat> two and three off the top of my head. Is there ever any mention of any Jedis getting officer training or training in military tactics during that time or any effort to put together sometime from school? I mean, I'm going to say no. There's no talk of it. I mean, <laughs> you should talk, be able to infer right? it, exactly. technically. So that, should... But, you know, right, right, right. So the Jedi Council gets together and feels their yeah, next they, move they out. Feel now, it out. Now, now that you mention that, though, there, there's only one episode in the Clone Wars that makes me think about is there, there's a, it's a, one of the episode, uh, sorry, season three um, episodes when they're going through uh, Domino Squad, and there's two two of the Camino trainers, and then Lumen uh, Shakti who is watching over the training of the clones, but she doesn't do anything about the training. She's just overseeing it all as the Jedi. She was almost, she's also like just more of a uh, a liaison rather than an actual like military leader presence. So they don't like actually lead. They're just there to make sure. Like they're like the eagles in Lord of the Rings. But, they just make sure it happens but, occasionally. But then you watch Anakin take an entire battalion of clones, like leading leading the way. Granted, but it's more like, all right, shoot things. I'm gonna go do this stuff, and like that's his battle plan. <laughs> Sounds like Anakin. That, I mean, that yeah. is something I, I noticed it with. Um, Anakin is that basically every episode that centers around his units is involved. The clones go do a dis- clones go distract by getting shot, and then he goes and does something cool and heroic, yeah. and gets to do a neat pose, and then his lightsaber goes off, and they won, and there's a bunch of dead clones. And the audience goes, and, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're I, right. Yeah, a lot of it, dead clones. It, it's really feeling for clones I, right I now. I think like I think like six or seven year old me would be really pissed at grown up me for being this maybe jaded or disenfranchised, but as having been in the military, it's hard for me to watch how a lot of those Jedis run the units and the battles um, so poorly. Um, I mean, like, and, uh, like, sorry, like thinking about, cause yeah, in Geonosis, like um, uh, Mace Windu comes off of it, uh, comes off of the, the lat and he yep. runs out and one of the commander goes, we have a full squad for you. And then you just see them running across an open field. Oh, <laughs> yep. That's, no that no sneaking. Terrible. Oh no! Terrible. It's terrible how they run how they run their battles. Um, they totally. Uh, one thing that I, I, I expect since I was in armor, one thing I know is how they misuse armor. 
or don't use it. It was one of the first episode, one of the first episodes where um, there's that wall of turrets, and then there's that super ta- those super tanks that come out. Oh, oh, it's, uh, it wasn't it the Sokka and the other Padawan have to go in and yes. kill it from the inside? Yeah, yeah. This is the the second battle of Geonosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There you go. And so they have this a super. They have two super, two or three super tanks coming at them across a bridge that nothing's hurting. So they're like, just keep sending the infantry at them until you know we have the infantry charge the turret wall yeah. with their rifles again. And they have, and you know, the Republic had walkers out the wazoo and even tanks mm-hmm. and things that fly. Yeah. And no, their answer is always throw infantry at it, and it's. It's insane. It's, it's terrible. There's no tactics, no thought at all. And they get into that in the books. The clones, the commandos in particular, are always griping about the tactics. They, they compare some of the Jedi's, which ones are good, which ones are bad. Um, the one grand, the one master on the um, <clears throat> the council with the cone. Kiari Mundi. They hate him. Every clone hates that guy. Huh. He's a terrible leader. Terrible leader. Also, he's allowed to have a family. So once they start clones start seeing what civilian that civilian life exists and then you know they can relate to the jedis with no attachment but then this guy gets to have a family and he's a terrible leader well in 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 defense in defense of kiari mundi okay he was helping repopulate his species which was completely separate like he was one of the only jedi was allowed to do that because his species was endangered all right all right let me tell you. I it's tell not. You this. It's not canonical now because in the in the, in right. the TV show they made him a better a better leader. I, I guess they, you don't like you don't really see him being a leader. I guess you just kind of see him hacking through droids. So just I guess. interesting right. to hear they have like opinions of these like Jedi well, characters, which I guess I would have never thought like stormtroopers well, I mean, have opinions. But you wouldn't think about, about it. Leaders. But it's totally true. Like right? I mean, in school you always had like, oh, I like that teacher. I don't like that teacher. Exactly. To hear them have that conversation like that, that cool mm. like locker room stormtrooper talk that yeah. I just I, ne- I just never thought about, which yeah. is kind of it's interesting. There was there. there was a, a video game series like the um, uh, Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things in that game was the, the stormtroopers would have conversations if you listen to them, and they were always about that just that <laughs> banal nonsense kind of stuff. Just mm-hmm. that regular because t- and- all you see in the movies is them just like kind of like shooting the shit, talking, yeah. talking gently about what they're actually doing. Like, well, yeah, it's what like they're doing currently. Rogue One had a b- beautiful moment, like two troopers walking around. Did you hear they phased out the T sixteen? Like, right? That's all yep. it needed to be. <laughs> it was so brilliant. In the original, the first film, when Obi Wan is turning off the tractor beam, yeah, and the stormtroopers like, hey, look, you hear that alarm going off? Eh, it's probably just another drill. That, <laughs> I've literally had that conversation. I've had that exact conversation on duty. Because <laughs> you still respond the same way. Like, their job, they were guarding that. Everyone assumes, like, oh, look at those dumb stormtroopers. No, they're, they're assigned to guard that thing. They didn't see Obi-Wan behind them because he's a Jedi and one of the best right? Jedis ever. <laughs> and so the alarm goes off. They're like, oh, something's going on, but we're going to keep doing what we're supposed to. They were doing, that was perfect soldiering right there on their part. Yeah, you can't stop guarding your post because of that. Right. Well, I mean, and and he did use the sound thing, so they would just look a different direction. And I was like, "Wait, yeah. what was that?" But it like, well, it could be anything. Uh, it like that's uh, it's, it's probably nothing. It's like a, maybe that was a, a pipe burst. Maybe that was uh, an air it's system. It's a good point like, to like say that the he's one of the best Jedi's like ever. Yeah. So it's not that the stormtroopers were easily duped. It's that he was a badass Jedi that mm-hmm. duped right. them. Right. 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 <laughs> he, mean, even in his eighties or wherever he was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Um, so, uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. 
I was going to talk about how um, one of the things that the the, the rank, the, even the rank and file troops notice in the novels, is the um, that, uh, and I don't know how can, canonical it is anymore, but um, the there was all these reports that the separatists had, you know, millions of data, a number of bigger than trillions, I think, of droids, supposedly. Yeah, I mean, but, they're manufactured, so <laughs> technically there's no, like, there's never supposed to be a definitive number because they just keep making right. them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the troops are talking about where are all these droids that we're supposed to be seeing. And because of these false reports, which, again, spoiler, Palpatine is manipulating. Wait, wait, allows, what? Right. <laughs> it allows him to control the deployment of the GAR throughout the war, which is done in a very inefficient, stupid manner um, to, to, to um, drag the war out. But the troops... Uh, rank and file there are not as dumb as people might think, and they notice that like why, why are we on this planet? Why are we spread out all over? Why don't we just try? They keep talking about why don't we just go for the the the, um, the capital planets of the the separatists, their head right. planet, their mm-hmm. home world, their Coruscant, whichever that may be, because it's the Confederacy. Yeah, it's, and they, I mean, and then I, I remember Palpatine what... always gives some, you know, he's always, ah, something, 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 tactics, you know, the Jedi, like, <laughs> oh, because at this point, the Jedi are lazy, not lazy, but they're complacent, they're arrogant, and they're out of touch, well, and so they fall for it. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you uh, talking about, like, the, the way the troops are moving, and coming back to Darkness on Umbara, that's one of the things General Krell does, is literally the, uh, just go, just move forward, advance in a straight line. And yep. I, um, like, like one of the only like things that uh, hits my head is like you move faster on roads than you do through the wilderness, right? Right. So, but it, like in that episode, one of the one of the main arguing <clears throat> points was he wanted them to walk down the road to the capital of Ambara where they were, or to to this depot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and like in my brain, I'm like, okay, you're moving faster. I get like they didn't realize there were going to be mines there. They started like then they started yeah, mine sweeping. Like, like, it's people use I get it I I totally get it but I mean they are at like it's it's a balance of like they are at war they've been ambushed no matter what so you know you're gonna go to attack are you gonna sacrifice your speed like what what are the pros and cons of using the roads I guess so a big um whenever you're planning any kind of mission with the military and I'm talking from you know going on a fitness run assaulting a castle because there's castles nowadays but (laughs) even, even if you're like I'm, even like a fun day, like if you take your platoon, if you're gonna take your platoon out to the lake and go grill and swim, you do what's called a safety assessment first. So the big thing for a safety assessment that the, the, the application here in this case, because they had the, there's the weird woods, yeah, there's the things that live underground that were attacking people, right, and there's the roads, is you would base it on uh, what's the likelihood of engagement. So you can have like uh, enemy contact unlikely enemy contact possible and then any enemy contact likely and then currently an enemy contact you could have troops somewhere so in umbara i would say it's likely because they've been getting it they've been getting attacked and ambushed and it was an ongoing uh battle they what would have been made sense there again something that people don't think about a lot with military tactics is scouts they should have sent out scouts which would have been you know our small yeah. units small groups of troops okay on foot most stealth here generally and they should have been going out and scouting the path, and they would have moved through the trees to begin with mm-hmm. because you don't want to be seen. So they would sacrifice speed for lower visibility to start with, and they would have just scouted out. They could have discovered some of the mines or the, the ambushes that were coming, and then they possibly could have moved their main force 
on the road at high speed if they know where the enemy is to move the contact and then engage. Okay. But to just walk everyone down the road ever, the I mean, possibility <laughs> of contact is ridiculous. I mean, it's a terrible idea. I, I figured, yeah, but I, I knew there had to be a, like, I, I just figured yeah. there had to be at least some reason to be like, well, no, we can do that because I'm thinking Lieutenant Dan in that moment where they're walking down the road the forearm and guy. everything in the hole. The, the, the forearm guy? What was the, the uh, Pong yeah. Krell. 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 Krell had a, I think, I think that episode series, how Krell ran his, that unit, which was Anakin's, right? Wasn't that Yeah, it was, it was the 501st. What he did with the 501st, I think, is very good parallel to what Palpatine was doing with the Republic during the war. Deliberately running them poorly, wearing them down, attrition, and then slowly amping up the brutality and uh, the heavy-handedness, and then finally just started killing people. I mean, that's basically what Palpatine did with the Republic after he took over. It's it's a, it's kind yeah. of a parallel. Yeah, so that, yeah. That, that kind of brings me to a question I had. So how does that... Um... Do you think that the way he ran his military changed once it became like the Galactic Empire? Because I, I think I've read a couple articles about like the assault on Hoth, for example, and where they said that was kind, that was kind of like a, a botched operation. Basically, they said like if they had like sent in maybe commandos for sabotage before the Republic knew they were there, um, like they said the the Empire should have won the war that day, but they didn't because they handled the operation so poorly. The Empire should have won the war that day. Like that, that's what they were saying. Like it, I mean, they should the Republican had plot armor is the big difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that, yeah, I think that, yes, the, the way Palpatine had his military ran or ran his military was much different um, after he took over the Republican made the Empire because he was fighting to win at this point. So he was mm. not, he, he had stopped, um, you know, he wasn't, Playing two sides anymore. He was just trying to eliminate the rebellion. The um, the disadvantages the Empire were looking at going into the Battle of Hoth were they were at timetable. One, they knew that their uh, reconnaissance droid had been discovered, so that they knew the the rebellion knew they were coming in that the rebellion would be evacuating. So they didn't have time to scout. They didn't have time to prepare the battlefield or to deny any assets or anything. All they could do was get in there as fast as they could with as much as they could, and and try to beat it. So once they once they got there, you know, they did their, their reconnaissance as best they could from space, which saw the, the shield generators, which everyone knows is a big focal point of that battle. Yeah. So they had to get the ATs across the battlefield to the shield generators, destroy them so they could move in all their other grand, ground forces and aerial strikes. And you'll notice in the Battle of the Hoth, how far out did the Empire touch down? Oh, really far? Like compared to Umbara. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the Adam oh. walkers are gigantic, but they still need like these long-range they, binoculars oh, yeah. to even see them. Yeah. And they set, they set down and under no fire in crappy weather conditions because it's hot and it's always crappy there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they formed up and then they moved forward in that juggernaut style of having the heavy armor and the heavy armor in advantage. So they use their steamroll, uh, a steamroller type type technique, for lack of a better word, to to roll over the lighter forces because they knew that they had a cornered enemy that was going to try to escape. So there really wasn't a lot of other options without me being able to examine uh, a realistic battle and trying to find like realistic layout stuff of. Um, I mean, what you've already difficult. What you've already given us is brilliant, right? though. Like, it, it like, kind of counters it kind of counters the argument that the, those articles are making. Like, mm -hmm. it was a pressed, it, like their hand was forced. And the other thing they was did their best. Yeah, and the other thing was uh, they mentioned that there was a, a mistake one of the generals made, where they came out of hyperspace too close to the system. Like, 
Yep. Right, right. Because there was some like this debate among the Republic forces of whether or not that probe droid was really Imperial because it's self-destructed and it didn't leave much evidence behind. I mean, Han does say it's like it's a good bet the Empire knows over here. So they, yeah, they could have started, but the shield yep. getting projected was done because they're like, oh, they're here. Get the yeah. shield up. Mm-hmm. Versus they yep. could have they could have done a micro jump yeah. to to sneak up. Like there's all kinds of tactics that uh, um, not Ozel. Um, I can't think of the Admiral's name now. Um, you can do it. Come on. No, I can't. I, I'm not thinking of it. I know. Piet is the one that replaces him. Yeah, Piet replaces him. <laughs> um, and General Veers is my favorite one. But uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like there were a, a couple of like small like steps yeah. that plot, yeah, plot armor that prevented them from winning. So I... But Actually, I like what I, I, re- I really like what Nathan just said. Like, it really wasn't like a horrible failure on like their no. planning end. It was just a couple of little hiccups, which can and, really and happen. Yeah, those little and hiccups every, matter. No, no battle plan um, survives contact with the enemy. That's one of the first things you learn with planning things in the military. Nothing, no matter how good you plan something. Actually, they tell you if your plan is going perfectly, you're walking into a trap. Mm-hmm. You're about to get blown up, shot in the head, um, a giant net dropped on you, or a battering to the back of the head, or something. It's if it's going that well, you're you're about to get messed oh, up. Yeah. Nothing goes that well. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, okay. I guess it's yeah, I mean, really, too, it though. was a win for the Empire. They took out how much, how many rebellion troops, and did how much yeah. damage. They lost their base, and the, you know, yeah, they, they were, were in better. The rebellion has only been in worse shape since the end of Last Jedi, I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. And yeah. those were intentionally parallel storylines. So, mm-hmm. yep. but yeah. So is that like, I, we've been talking a lot about how the, the Jedi did not do a good job with leading the, I mean, they didn't. Well, they were, they were handed something that wasn't their job. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not. I'm not defending them at all. Uh, I'm not defending them at all. They just, I'm just throwing they, that one out there. Was there. A lot, there was a lot of bad <laughs> that was done. Is there like, in the movies, was there any example of like an intelligent, like, tactical choice that was made by the Jedi like like Obi-Wan is like one of the best Jedis around and like they talk about General Kenobi all the time like is there anything that he's the, the peacemaker the negotiator yeah he's right? a negotiator like he does um, if, you, if I can go way back if you remember those Please. short short animated series that came oh, out with the hell people, yeah yeah Samurai Jack yeah the Samurai Jack um, animator yeah. Yeah. I, if you recall there was an episode uh, where um, it was in a city and they showed it had that um, that mercenary, that uh, bounty hunter with like the worm body with the armor. Oh, right. And the bike. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. And he, and General Kenobi was fighting with him and his bikers, biker guys. But mm-hmm. then he had sent um, a group of what we now know are commandos, that because he had the guy with the, the two yeah, pistols and the yeah, commas, yeah, yeah. and they mm-hmm. snuck into the city, and they were taking on I want to say a massive artillery piece or something. Yeah. And then also, General Kenobi does something similar in Revenge of the Sith when, so, um, uh, General Grievous, right? Yeah. He's, he can, he can chew up clone troopers like nobody's business. Well, yeah. So, General Kenobi makes the decision to have his troops maintain their the battle plan that they were using in Revenge of the Sith on the, on that, in that battle. And then he goes on his own to take on General Grievous because he knows sending clone troopers at, General Grievous for any decent Sith type. I know Grievous is technically a Sith. But yeah, mm-hmm. but like if, by a Sith. Yeah, if there was Ventress or Ventress or or Maul or uh, Savage, any of those, they're gonna just they're just gonna mow through clone troopers. So he goes himself to to take him out. 
in, which is intelligent. Move on that um, part when you think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, th- that is actually a really good idea. I'll go against the guy with the lightsaber, so you guys yeah. can take out the droids. Right. Uh, there's not a lot. Unfortunately, the movies don't have a lot of the, the battles, like military level battles, um, to to choose from. Um, so I can't really think of a lot of good, like good smart moves by the Jedi's as commanders. Uh, if you read the, although if you read the Karen Travis novels, I can tell you that there are some generals in there that do the smartest thing a military officer can do, which is to listen to their experienced soldiers. Um, that's the that's one of the first things they teach new officers in the military is uh, you got to listen to your experts, listen to your because there's so there's enlisted troops, and if you go up in rank, you re, you become what's called an NCO eventually, non commissioned officer, which starts generally E five sergeant. And it's E5 through up through E9, which are your NCO, your non-com ranks. So that's leadership positions, but not an officer. And then officers are O, start at like O1 and move up. And you can come into the military with a college degree and have no actual military experience. And then you're an officer and you're technically in charge. You're higher ranking technically than the highest ranking non-commissioned officer in the military. Hmm. That doesn't really work in the real world. It doesn't quite fly. It's on paper, but. They tell you when you're brand new as an officer, you should listen to your NCOs and your experts. And um, the the Jedi's in the novels, in the Karen Travis novels, that do the best, that um, perform the best, have the respect to their troops and everything, are the ones that do listen more to their troops than just doing whatever they think is best at any given moment without any military experience. I like that. That's cool. Um, I actually have to cut us off. We've been talking for over half an hour now. So, like, oh. yeah, right. we, that, that's incredible. So cool. now now we go to the final segment. We go to plus 10 XP. Yeah. This is where you're done geeking out. I know we've been having a lot of back and forth, but now this is where we get to ask pretty much any question Yay. we want about the clones okay. or anything like that, I guess. So if you guys don't have anything specific. Um, oh, wow, just assuming. Right. Yeah, no, I, a, a lot of my questions are about kind of like the, the storyline specific things that I've uh, Please, please, heard. please, please. Oh, there are things like uh, I, back when the original Battlefront 2 was canon, I remember they had that storyline where the clone, uh, what the cloning facilities on Kamido got kind of hijacked by uh, a rebellious force, and they ended up uh, going up against each other. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. That's in, the, that's in the Karen Travis novels. It's worth reading. Oh my <laughs> oh, yeah. God. He's making these novels sound really, really good. I mean, from what I've read <laughs> yeah. so far, they're very good. Go on, sorry. Sorry. You know, I didn't really have a question on the end of that. I just remember thinking it was okay. one of the most interesting parts of it that I had come across. I mean, there's not been yeah. there's been nothing canonical that's actually said that that didn't happen yet, because they talk. Um, there's the, they talk about uh, one of the squads that was there, kind of leading the Republic side of that, because mm-hmm. uh, there's two kind of battles of Camino. There's the one where um, the clones rebel after the Empire takes over, right? Mm. Yep. And there's another one where the separatists attack right. Camino during the war and try to, you know, essentially capture cloning stuff so they can clone their own troops. Well, no, and it's, there are they wanted they, they wanted to take the DNA sample so they couldn't make any more yeah. clones. They, they, they oh, didn't okay. want to make their own. They just wanted to take away the sample so that they literally couldn't make it anymore because Jango Fett was dead at that point. Yeah. And oh. Boba, Fett, Boba Fett was blown to the wind. So they literally were going to take away their ability to make clones. But there's a great part in the book where um, one of the one of the, the some of the uh, commandos that were on Camino when that attack happened were the some of the more main storyline commandos were asking about like what were you going to do if things went wrong during that battle and they're like we would have cat they're like yeah we were ready to put down all the 
all the all the clones that were you know physically five six years old as opposed to letting the separatists capture them so they get into some of that real heavy wartime emotional stuff in the wow. books yeah yeah um, just kind of the the numbers in one ledger or the other that's mm-hmm. incredible. Dealing with uh, deserters, you get some deserters of the GAR that from the clone ranks in the books yeah. too that they talk about, and that gets interesting. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, they go into that in the TV, like you said, the TV show too, and those are. It's always interesting when they do that kind of thing. So yeah, did you have anything, Kira? Uh, I actually Sorry, do. Bill Murray. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to do with. Uh, it doesn't have to do with Star Wars, but. Um, so I'm a big Band of Brothers fan, and I and I, I just okay. think it's beautiful. I think it's cool. Uh, so my question is, uh, do you specifically have like a, a movie or a series or something that like really gets the army how you saw it, like like something that would give an outsider a, a, the ability to kind of see what it really is as like without you know actually being there. So re- realistic military yeah, experience like something from that's a movie good, or a series. Like, you know. um, for training purposes, you can't beat Full Metal Jacket. So like for the boot, uh, for boot camp and stuff like that, right? If you want to talk about boot camp style, okay. Um, and that it, it was a, it was a, it was more brutal back then. Obviously, they hit you more, but um, Full Metal Jacket definitely for the for the for the training. Um, honestly, as far as the as the the soldiers get along, really the novels that I've been talking about. Uh, not to sound like a broken record, and no mm-hmm. Karen Travis doesn't pay me. Um, <laughs> but her. I, it's it's what really draw me. It's one of those things where when when you when you experience something new and, and I get a little thing that pulls you in, kind of, and then it just make it just grows from there. Was the way they interact with each other as brothers or uh, or, or gods as in Mandalorian. Um, I know how it looks in the book. I'm not sure if I'm reading it, saying it right, but uh, there, there's a lot of Mandalorian the language in there, which is awesome. Yeah. Um. So that's a good one. Um. I'm trying to think of other ones that I've things I've seen recently that were accurate as far as movies. Um, there's a lot, there's like pieces in, like in different fun. things. Like Saving Private Ryan had um, some great parts with the interaction with mm-hmm. each other, what it was like, you know, how the people treat each other. Platoon is oh, a I pretty good one. Platoon. Okay. Oh, uh, nice. Hamburger Hill. Hamburger Hill is another one if you haven't seen. Uh, Hamburger Hill is a great one Okay. for, um, uh, for the way for what it's like, just what it's like. Also, shockingly enough, red versus blue. Really, really. Blue. Yes. yes. <laughs> the first episode of Red versus Blue, when I saw that, and they're sitting there, and the one dude's got the sniper rifle, and the other guy's like, "Why are we here?" And the dude with the sniper rifle starts going all existential on him, <laughs> and the other guy's like, "No, why are we in this fucking canyon? Canyon, <laughs> where the only reason we're here is the other team has a base over there." <laughs> that is so real life military. It blew my, it blows my mind. I have that whole box set on DVD of the first five seasons. That's funny. Got weird when they started time that. traveling. I, but yes, the way yes. that they talk to each other, the Sarge in that show, who's like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's and, a cartoon um, character. Yeah, he's he's done so well though. It's it's all over the top, obviously. But the way that there's always like there's always the donut in the unit, the one guy who's kind of dumb and everyone rags <laughs> on, but he's like your little brother that you still take care yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, you'll punch him in the face <laughs> because he looks at you funny, but you'll also take care of him because he's your donut, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's oh. honestly, for the campy side, very accurate. I never would have expected you to say that. He's your donut. Like I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm still kind of reeling. I never would have expected you to say red versus blue. I, that's awesome. That's totally an so awesome shocked. answer. I'm sorry. I, I haven't heard her. I haven't been able to hear Bill very well, so I think I've been talking over her a little. Oh, sorry. Did she say something? Oh, I was going to say, um, 
I was shocked when I looked into the, the Rooster Teeth guys and found out that none of them had military backgrounds. I don't know if maybe one of them had a dad or mom in the military, but they got they get the uh, the interactions perfectly. <laughs> it's a unique kind of sibling relationship that you get with the, with your your brothers and sisters at arms. That's so interesting. That is crazy. I want to yeah. go rewatch some more Red I, Yeah, now. now I now I want to go watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First season, the best by wow. far. Mm. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, that that's all the time we have for today. Unfortunately, we're at we're at we're at time. Thank you so much for talking with us today, Nathan. This was Pleasure. a ton of fun. Yeah, really. Um, so I know I feel like I leveled up today with the GXP I got. Oh, totally. So. I learned a lot, and I'm reading a book. Yeah, I have a book I got to read. Read a book. Like six of them, I think. Oh, I got six I got to read. Is, is the, before, really quickly, is the first one Hard Contact? Yep. Okay, cool. Hard Contact, Triple Zero, True Colors. Um, but then, it's, I think, but then I think it's Order 66 and then 501st, because it actually goes wow. into after... The war ends wow. a little bit. Oh Karen my gosh, I need to read these. Karen Scott? Is that the. the... What was the name Karen of Karen Travis. Karen, Karen Travis. Travis. Karen Travis. I have the book with me, actually. Okay, so cool. I can show it to cool. You. So, anyway, I, I've been trying to say goodbye. I'll try, try it again. <laughs> um, thank you again, Nathan. Um, as always, I'm Peter the Geek. I am hashtag Kill Josh. Bill Murray. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you at the next level. Thank you so yeah, much thank again, you very Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to our show. If you liked Geek XP, help us out by becoming a contributor on our Patreon. We have bonus content, raffles, and more at patreon.com slash yourgeekxp. Geek XP is recorded live at Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Peter Hargard. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FLU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To connect with the geeks, follow us at YourGeekXP on Facebook and Twitter. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom!